Hello and welcome to another Sagebrush Wisdom podcast. Today I will be talking with my good friend Cody about his first yellowtail at Catalina Island. We also talk about him getting into spearfishing as he moved from Iowa to California and also his recent journeys and adventures kind of going off the beaten path and the fun that he's been having along the way. So you don't want to miss out on this, but more importantly, Cody is probably one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And I'm so thankful to call him a friend. He's one of the good guys for sure. So I really hope you guys like this podcast and uh, enjoy. Hello again and welcome to Sagebrush Wisdom. Today I have my good friend Cody. Um, He is here for a couple months after traveling around, which we're about to hear about that. Um, But for now, how's it going, Cody? Well, well, thanks for having me. Excited Excited to be in here. Good. Well, so you recently have been traveling around but initially you're from Iowa that's correct yeah yeah really small town in in northwest Iowa about 4,500 people Mm -hmm. um I think cows pigs chickens (laughs) outnumber people 10,000 to one so I'm not a farmer by any means or neither is my family but yeah, all my buddies are are farmers, and so mm-hmm. got to see what what that looks like. And yeah, super small town, but uh, taught me a lot. Um, my brother <laughs> and I got to go out and visit Cody this last winter, which was great. Which we'll talk about maybe a different podcast, but in many ways, Cody <laughs> humbly would not admit this, but in many ways is somewhat a hometown hero (laughs) he won't agree to that but i saw it firsthand (laughs) yeah i don't know (laughs) so cody um moved to california um a couple years ago when was that yeah i moved out um i think 2018 or 17 just for the summer um my my friend at the time was out here training for volleyball and she had to be out here. So kind of cruised out here on a whim. And honestly, it's my first time ever being in California and mm-hmm. fell in love with the, the people and the place. And, and, uh, yeah. Did you have any desire to surf before moving out here or like be in the ocean or can you tell me a little bit about that draw to, the beaches of California. Yeah, I don't, I think the ocean. So our family had some places in Florida and I always loved going down there, mm-hmm. whether it be fishing or just being in the ocean, being around the boats. Like I, I love to boat. And, um, the second I came out here, it felt like deja vu from, from Florida, obviously a little bit different. Um, but just have like a, a super, in-depth attraction to the ocean and and Mm -hmm. what it provides and like what it gives you yeah yeah from in 2018 how did you get connected into spearfishing or like how did you have that desire build up in you to start going yeah i 
just hunting in general, I think I love and live for the uncertainty mm-hmm. of, you know, what's next. You never really know what's next. And I was trying to kind of find that after football in college where you kind of lost, uh, you know, that uncertainty of what's next mm-hmm. um, in split seconds decisions and stuff. And I was like, wow, I don't know if you can really hunt in California. I see all this stuff on the internet and, yeah. <laughs> and you know, like on the news and stuff. And I was like, I don't know if there's hunting. And then I had, uh, become mutual friends with Molly and she had posted something of Zach out spearfishing. And I was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. holy biscuits. I've been trying to do this for like two months and yeah. just messaged and it kind of went out on a whim and just like, you're fresh off the press out of school, you know, and I had pennies. I spent every dollar I had on spearfishing <laughs> gear, you know. I just went after yeah. it. And, yeah, I think I met you guys at El Maro, and uh, we went out there. I, like, you guys were probably so annoyed. I was, like, two inches away from your back fins. Like, <laughs> just, like, so let, me, let me follow yeah, you guys Let me just there. see how to do yeah. this and, like... I'm all for being thrown to the wolves, but I was like a little bit, the uncertainty of it was like, whoa, this is different than mm-hmm. anything I've ever done. Like, yeah. And I honestly thought I was like punching big time numbers. I was maybe going like 10 feet. Yeah. You know, I start, like, feel like I'm down here for an hour. <laughs> so. What I like, I haven't told this story yet, but spearfishing is like such a funny thing to me because... When I moved down here, um, all we wanted to do was surf. Mm. And I had like grown up swimming and being around lakes and doing all this stuff. But spearfishing was still like the coolest thing at that point. Like right. in my head, like um, Mark Healy was sponsored by this brand, Depactus, and they were like the first like surf brand slash spearfishing brand or like uh-huh. highlighting this lifestyle. And I was like, Zach, we're, we're going to be watermen. <laughs> we're not going to be like normal surfers were going to be watermen and so i went out with my friend and tried to go diving for the first time and after sitting in like the surf lineup for days and days and days Uh and just having that comfortable place of being like oh yeah i'm out here I like straight had a panic attack when I was, when I went diving the first time. I couldn't go like eight feet deep. Yeah. I was like, nope, I'm not entering right. this world. Like like everything feels uncomfortable. Your belt, you're like, gosh, I think I have too much weight on. Yeah. I might be at the bottom in you know half of a second, be stuck down yeah. here. Even like being in a lake and knowing that you know you can see the shore like all the way around you right. and everything, and then there's this feeling of like I can't see the bottom. I can't see what's around me. All of a sudden you start getting spooked a lot more. And what I think is so funny about diving is like all you're trying to do is relax out there. But the first time you can't relax. I remember the first time I saw, um, Oh, biscuits, not a Goliath grouper, but, uh, black sea bass. Black sea bass. Yeah. Dude, it looked like a VW bug. Yep, yeah. My heart rate had to have been 180 in the snap of a finger, dude. I was <laughs> yeah. like, it like it looked like it could swallow me, and I, I was like, yeah. holy! Like I swam so fast to the surface, yeah. I was like, I was tearing kelp out. He <laughs> <laughs> was trying to get to the top. Oh uh, man! What I fun. love about 
you is when we are in Iowa, there is like this beautiful, simple life of mm. it's a small town. There's four, four maybe stop signs in between like the <laughs> south side of the lake and the <laughs> north side of the lake or whatever it is. And everybody knows everybody. And then um, there's just something very beautiful about that. Yeah. And then you come out here and it's like you have the exact opposite of it being crowded and not a lot of free space to just roam around and nobody knows you. Mm -hmm. And so when you go into the ocean, it's in my mind, it's always like that first feeling of being in nature, mm -hmm. the, the quickest around right. here. And so it quickly became something that I enjoyed a lot more for, the sanctuary that it provides, not uh -huh. just the activity, mm -hmm. but at first, um, it's definitely like a funny learning curve, like right. getting used to that. And, but then it kind of turns into quail hunting or like pheasant hunting or, yeah. you know, going out to your reef is like what we did when we went to Iowa where it's like, Oh, that field, we're just going to walk through it and see <laughs> if we can kick up some pheasants. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I think, uh, like, that's another thing that's a great point like being down there it's really just you between your own two ears you know like the solidarity of mm -hmm. being down there and like the freedom that it provides and mm -hmm. I, that is along with the uncertainty that is something that is like beyond like fills my soul and like there are times where I also love when you get like um those super adrenaline rushes, you know, where mm -hmm. your veins feel like they're on fire and mm -hmm. the hair on the back of your neck stands up because like you can get those down there, yeah. you know, if you see something big or if you take a fish that you've never taken before and, mm -hmm. and, and you know, you're on, you're on a, a fight reeling it in and yeah. stuff. And yeah, I think there's a lot of things that the ocean provides and, and along with spear fishing that can correlate back to, to Iowa too. Like, uh -huh. like the similarities are are plentiful totally um can you tell me a little bit about your first fish if you can remember it yeah i th so uh, the first fish we were at um i think we were at crystal cove and like we were seeing we were seeing a ton of Gerbaldi's, I think it mm -hmm. was. And I was mm -hmm. like swimming up to you guys, like, "Hey, can I take these orange fish?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, don't take these. And we can take these or these or these. And so I was a sheep's head, and I was like, everything looks a little bit bigger underwater, mm -hmm. you know. And mm -hmm. like went down, and I was like, "Geez, that's a nice looking sheep head right yeah. there." Yeah. Shot. I think my spear stuck into the reef. <laughs> like I was on my last breath. Like. <laughs> And it, pull it up, and I'm like, "Geez, this thing might be 13 inches at best." Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I was so Just sadly, yeah. <laughs> sadly, like, and I was like, "Oh man, this is not what I thought." But. There's a incredible, like, thing that happens in all of these outdoor sports, and like with duck hunting, it's like identifying what type of duck is flying around you, or with spear fishing, it's like you go into a place you've never been. Every animal down there is different. Mm -hmm. It's like you have to identify what a blacksmith is and 
what a Corbina is and what a Garibaldi is and what a Calico is. And then you enter into this whole new identification of, okay, like this is the fish I'm going after. This is how it moves. This is how I can then hunt it. And I kind of love one learning all about all that stuff, the Mm -hmm. ecosystems around us and how we play a part in all of that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it starts with identification. And right. so there's like a hundred fish on the reef, like an opali that most people see a ton of. Mm-hmm. And then there's some stigma around whether or not you should or shouldn't, you know, take them, yeah. take them just because some people think they taste bad. I haven't tried them, so I wouldn't know, Yeah, but they're everywhere. And so, then you start hunting after these like trophy fish, whether that normally starts with sheep's head and calico mm-hmm. and then it goes into bigger, you know, reef fish right. or bigger opportunities like maybe a white sea bass or yellowtail or things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I I love that side of checking things off of your list, mm-hmm. you know. And so you then went on a boat almost every week it seemed like yeah. once you started you're going um with one of our other friends and you started going to catalina yeah and um i think i remember one day you guys came back with a lot of big calico yeah i think that was like my that was my first ever trip to catalina and there's a ton of us out there um and we were just having yeah some different competitions like biggest fish and and, mm-hmm. and most and and so on and so forth and yeah we came back with you know like a truckload of good eating fish and mm-hmm. ended up i think quail club was like the week following mm-hmm. um and everybody just had brought their catch and and stuff and it was yeah we had calico tacos and ceviche from the sheep's head and mm-hmm. yeah, it was a lot of fun like those trips where you're around good dudes sharing a passion are unbeatable you know it's like almost like being the duck blind Mm -hmm. it's very similar Mm -hmm. um kind of circle the wagons back to the fish identification i I still remember this like it was yesterday when we were cruising down to the beach and i was like oh what kind of fish are we gonna go for and you guys are like oh sheep's head and i'm like sheep's head like you know in iowa sheep's head is a rough fish like <laughs> it's a rough fish you don't catch them you don't eat them yeah. you know like if you do catch them you just throw them in the garbage you know <laughs> like what the heck are these guys eating out here it's like maybe these guys are doing what you know the goose tactic or yeah the <laughs> just eating the yeah, wood but, underneath yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're tricking me out here <laughs> i'm gonna be walking around the beach with a yeah. sheep's head in my hand Oh man, there, I one time shot what I thought was a Sargo and it ended up being what's called a rubber lips perch <laughs> Okay, and it tasted like sand and really? it was so bad. And I was like, I need to get a little bit better with my identification because <laughs> at first you think like, oh man, I shot this fish. I got dinner. Like, this is so cool. Right. And then you essentially shoot a pigeon out of the sky and are wondering why <laughs> yeah. it tastes like trash. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so then, um, short or like you're here for about a summer mm-hmm. and then you moved away. You went mm-hmm. back to Iowa um, and then within the last year, 
you kind of decided that you're going to start traveling a lot more for you could work remote so you're going to start traveling for it yeah i kind of just hit hit, um frequent flyer miles and said let's go yeah so you went to uh where where all did you go yeah um spent three months in costa rica for the went from january through through march um yeah it was like a really small fishing village and surfing village just Mm -hmm. right outside of Hako, about 20 miles and that was the first time i've ever been to south america and Mm -hmm. it took it was a it was a steep learning curve but loved every second yeah the people were great um the the surf was great the fishing was great did a lot of fishing there more so Los Sueños is is right up the street and it's like the it's it's the mecca of sport fishing mm, which mm-hmm. I'd never been involved with but I like had always seen it and just wanted was so curious on how these things work you know they're wearing headsets and they're on 65 mm. foot sport fishes yeah. you know, backing down big marlin um and fishing for not not that it matters but millions of dollars so i was just super intrigued by what was going on and i just started pinging people on different platforms like instagram and LinkedIn. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey i see you have a boat in los Suenos. like any chance i can get on mm-hmm. i'll scrub the hole i just want to see what it's like to like see this team atmosphere of sport fishing yeah and yeah so like long story short i ended up living next to this guy who was a captain from jackson hole oh and cool he uh he got his start in sport fishing and captaining um almost the same way like 40 years ago oh wow so yeah he let me on his boat for one of the um the legs of the los sueños triple crown and like i'm ultra competitive uh-huh. um and, and it was all and these boats are owned by very wealthy individuals mm-hmm. and this individual was also reeling in the fish too so yeah he was a he was a, a little bit older uh-huh. <laughs> so we'll just leave it at that we came in and and we were uh second to last on the leaderboard oh. <laughs> <laughs> which it was a, it was a uh, yeah, it was humbling mm-hmm. um to watch that and like the captain had told me like hey you know we're probably not going to be up there. It's like, I was just, I'm super curious on how this works. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was super interesting because there you can't keep sailfish or marlin, mm-hmm. which I think that's why the ecosystem is so healthy and the local pressure isn't mm-hmm. like as extensive as around here. You know, like people have small boats and they're cruising the Catalina or they're cruising the tuna boils Yeah, where there it's, either you have a 60 footer or nothing really nothing yeah Yeah. like in the local pressure they're just fishing in the bays for uh different like taco style fish so yeah did you i know you caught some dorado there yeah um some yellowfin tuna yep do you guys end up catching rooster fish no that is something we didn't catch but um I, that is a dream of mine to catch one of those on the fly like oh, obviously yeah. it's super i've and we're going fly fishing soon because yeah <laughs> in, in iowa you fly fish off the dock and catch more hoist than you do fish <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't have that many rivers and um yeah 
that is something that I'd love to do, but no, no rooster. There are like you can catch them. I've heard you even see them when you're surfing. You'll see like the little like fins, fins yeah. come up. Yeah, and that just sounds so fun. Right, yeah. dude. <laughs> some of my buddies um, um, that came down the year before they caught a rooster fish in the bay. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of wild, but yeah, they're everywhere. That's definitely, awesome. Definitely a fish that's on the on the board to be caught. Mm-hmm. When you're in Costa Rica, though, you didn't dive at all. No, it was pretty murky there, and there are some guys that do dive like pretty extensively, like mm-hmm. out there, and I think they're punching like eighty, ninety, yeah, pretty frequently deep. And dives. that's for grouper, do you grouper, think? Grouper, yeah. yeah. And th- there's some other species that they target, but yeah, mostly grouper, and they're like 80 miles off. Mm-hmm. So it, it does. Sounds cl- fun, but it's a little bit yeah, too much. Yeah, <laughs> that It's like the, uh, also out there, there's not very many sharks, but there is crocodiles, and you mm-hmm. use, they're, obviously they're nocturnal, so you see them at night. But yeah, you don't really have to worry about the, the big fish. Yeah, so. yeah. So then you went to the Bahamas after Costa Rica yeah. and there you have kind of been diving a lot more in the last couple of months. Yeah. So I, I had seen this spot when I was in school and it's like super curious about it. It's called the current cut on a really small settlement or a really small island in the Bahamas called Eleuthera. Uh-huh. Um, and I went there in January for a few days and ended up almost limiting out on lobster a few times and um there it's a lot more primitive like here you can use band guns you know Uh like you can you can be uh out of position at times and where there it's hawaiian sling or pole spear so you have to be a lot more strategic um like it's just a different it's comparative to shotgun hunting and bow hunting yeah is what i was thinking of like after the first time and um went there for a few days and just kind of fell in love with the island yeah and i was like i'm going back for a month yeah um we were just talking about that the other day um you know as friends hanging out but yeah i what i love about um diving is it really is uh intersection between fishing and hunting Mm -hmm. and when you say shotguns versus archery what you're talking about is deer and how when you go deer hunting in iowa you can use a shotgun but because most of the countryside is so flat no long rifles are allowed and then you can choose also to do your bow hunting which in Iowa, that's kind of your preferred method is mm-hmm. is your bow hunting, which, you know, I love that whole idea. And when we were visiting in Iowa, I was always like, so you're so keyed in on deer, even mm-hmm. though we were duck hunting and goose hunting, <laughs> you'd spot something from 300, 400 yards away and be like, oh, look at that. And <laughs> But I, I love that side of hunting too, where strategy becomes very essential to success right and where we're going with this conversation is you you know going back to catalina and Mm -hmm. targeting bigger fish pelagic fish like yellowtail 
and having this built in um, strategy, as you're saying, mm-hmm. can almost only be learned, I think, from backing down from the real gun and going into like a pole speeder or a Hawaiian sling, mm-hmm. like the way you learn how to move through the water, the the way that you learn how to sneak up onto a fish, mm-hmm. the way that you present yourself all of a sudden is a huge part of when you're going to have success because yeah, seeing a yellow tail at 40 feet away from you or, you know, 20 feet away from you is great. But if you can't get that last little bit to close in on it, then it doesn't really do that good. And I, and I do think that using a Hawaiian sling teaches you a lot about being a hunter in that element, you know? Right. So, um, so you were diving like pretty consistently in the Bahamas. Yeah. So the place I was staying at was right on the ocean. There was a cove there and I was almost out there every single night. Um, and it's a really small skinny Island. So you get the Pacific and the Atlantic mm-hmm. side. Um, so you get the best of both worlds. It's like a mile where I was at was like a mile from the Pacific and then Oh, wow. Or sorry, um, the Caribbean. Okay, that's a Yeah, like, no, 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 to... yeah, sorry. The uh, Caribbean um, to the Atlantic. So you got the best of literally both worlds mm-hmm. right there. Do you have a lot of current moving around there? Yeah, so when I was there, there was a, they thought it was going to be the first name storm, like the first week, oh. and it just turned into a tropical depression for uh-huh. a few days. And like that got a little bit wonky, especially when you got outside of the cove. Um like where the Caribbean really started to thump mm-hmm. was right outside of the cove. And obviously most of the fish are right on the point from the cove into the Caribbean, yeah. just looking for anything. And that's where you just needed to be. But if you were surfacing, you'd be getting like spun around almost yeah. in certain areas. And that's, funny. yeah, it, uh, it was, yeah, I think the first day I didn't, bring my spear i just went out and just wanted to see like what the area looked like and mm-hmm. it, it you know it's pretty sharky over there like, yeah really small like uh, aggressive reef sharks reef right? sharks yeah, yeah. and um I, i'd seen this grouper and i was like whoa holy biscuits this isn't this is a toad grouper yeah didn't have my spear next day come back see it like how do i get this guy i'm just thinking i'm gonna go right up on him uh-huh no gone oh man for like two two and a half straight weeks i had played cat and mouse like i was losing i was starting to like lose sleep over this grouper dude like and finally finally i I was like maybe i'm gonna try from the other side popped over the top of like the the little spike he was Mm -hmm. just sitting right there and we were kind of eye to eye and let it fly oh yeah it was it was uh yeah, it's a lot different. With a band gun, it would have been, you know, second day, like, done. Yeah. But without it. And it, uh, yeah, I love that challenge as yeah. well of, like. That is so cool, too. I've always wanted to do something like that where you go to the reef, like, every single day for a certain period of time. Yeah. And just see if you can start seeing the same fish mm-hmm. over and over. But grouper or calico or those things like at some point a calico is going to make a certain area its home right besides like water temperature changing and stuff like that but it seems like to have that 
challenge of seeing the same fish over and over mm-hmm. and be able to hunt it is like you being able to learn so much as you're going about it. You know, like right. that sounds like an incredible learning experience. Plus like diving that much, did your breath hold increase yeah, a lot? Yeah, got, got so much. Even when I wasn't like diving with a, a, a pole spear or Hawaiian sling, like mm-hmm. just diving around looking for things with a, like my little osmos and the water housing just kind of messed around. I could kind of cruise so much further by the time I was like leaving mm-hmm. by the time I got there it's probably like you know maybe a minute and then it went to a minute 40 or something wow. like just yeah. cruising around so was it weird like being on the island all by yourself like in a way like without friends and stuff did you feel competitive while you're diving on the reef or did you feel like did you feel more like an athlete or did you just mm. feel like free to do it i felt pretty free to do it like i i think uh one thing that i've always tried to do when traveling is like connect with the locals and see rights wrongs goods bads Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff like just make connections with them and and like i felt free out there Mm -hmm. but it was still in, in terms of like yeah i would still really push myself competitively like okay can I push this mm-hmm. like I'd see a reef and I'd say I think I can hit this mm-hmm. and every time I'd be like holy biscuits how deep is this you yeah. know like yeah I don't have a dive watch I just use you don't have a dive but yeah buddy probably no yeah either. it's just yeah. me out there you know like yeah. they uh if they are diving they are diving for conch and stuff so mm-hmm. they're usually in the bays just cruising for conch and yeah I was like I would like have that internal motivation to always like compete with myself. So I don't really need like somebody to be next to me, but I was more doing it for the freedom Mm -hmm. of being out there and Mm -hmm. the joy of fishing and the ocean more so than like, all right, I got to hit this. I got to hit this or I got to bring home this or it's so funny because one book that I read very early I was 18, 19 years old, was called Dove. And Mm -hmm. it's this guy who was 16 years old and leaves Long Beach and sails all the way around the world, which is a true story. It, like, Mm -hmm. happened in the 70s. And uh, this guy, Robin Graham, uh, ends up finding certain islands or lagoons or things like that. And what you do or what you did in the Bahamas, like, kind of reminds me of this like past time mm-hmm. you know where yeah. you're diving where social media isn't really gonna impact yeah. much like you're not doing it obviously because like all your friends are doing it there's this purity to the experience that you're having right there mm-hmm. and it reminded me a lot of that book where he would just be like diving for dinner yep. and that's it And there's such like a beauty to that. And so you kind of had this adventure that in a way feels not like present time. Right. You know, I'm going to piggyback off. Like that story is so like when that tropical depression kind of cruised through Mm -hmm. the island infrastructure with like electricity and water and it's you know pretty poor and it would just cut off randomly the water, the electricity. Yeah. And when that came through, it was off for like, 
two or three days and uh-huh. I had I think four or five packs of ramen noodles, <laughs> some some almond milk, and I literally turned to the sea. Oh, and this is when crazy. I first got there. Yeah. Like the second or third day had zero like zero clue. And honestly, I didn't come home with a fish. I came home with two blue crab uh-huh. and eight blue crab claw. <laughs> For the next three days and on ramen noodles. That's dude. so yeah. crazy. <laughs> in, a, in like a little, yeah. You're in like, a, wait, I didn't actually think I was like camping or surviving. Right. But all of a sudden, like now all these skills that we we do for fun is now essential. In right. Your- <laughs> yeah. I was cooking with a headlamp on. And, yeah. Like a little propane burner. And, That's awesome. Yeah. It's so funny. So right now you just came back from the Bahamas mm-hmm. like a month ago, yeah. right? Yep. And so the first week back, yeah. Zach, Connor and you went out and went camping on Catalina. Yeah. Um so did that at all remind you of going from like I always think of Catalina as this kind of also past time place where there's not a lot of people there Mm. when you go and you look at the island it's not like you see houses and infrastructure and all this stuff for the most part you see this untouched island right and uh you guys went camping can you tell me a little bit about this camping trip slash fishing trip that you guys went on yeah so the first weekend i got back and and one thing I always, I'm trying, like, I love being in rugged, untamed, mm-hmm. wild places you know, that are like, feels like the wild west, yeah. I'm sure, back yeah. in the day. And like, I love those. And Catalina is, just like you said, is is that. And like, it feels rugged and untamed and wild. Um, so when, when Zach called, I like, didn't even hesitate. I was like, dude, I'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, cruised out and we uh, fished patties. Um, we didn't have much much luck on the patties, and Connor was with us, and that he's a machine, dude. Like mm-hmm. that guy will be punching deep dives and come right back up for you know ten seconds and is right back down. <laughs> like he's like, I want to get him a shirt that says "Stay Clear Machine in Use." Like he is like. <laughs> It's, I've, it was incredible to see him like diving like that. Um, and then, yeah, the first day we didn't have much luck and just cruised to camp and mm-hmm. um, ha- had you know good friendship around the fire and, and grilling hot dogs and beer. And, mm-hmm. and uh, sorry, Zach stayed in the uh, tent and Connor's like, you want a cowboy camping on the beach? Yeah, yeah. Like, Dude, say no more. <laughs> So uh, we slept in our sleeping bags on the beach and woke up the next morning and we kind of had an early departure, Mm -hmm. but the day before we were seeing great yellowtail, just we couldn't get them to cruise close enough Mm -hmm. to us for a shot, Um, which was frustrating. Back to like the strategy thing, you know, like, okay, Mm -hmm. what do we have to do different? We were throwing flashers, we were throwing, we had chum piles out and different things like that because we were also casting Mm -hmm. um, when we were getting too tired and like let's try the spot that we had seen the most yellows the day mm-hmm. before let me reverse the day before i did have a shot at a yellow but i had my uh safety on <laughs> <laughs> so i totally forgot yeah pulled and and zach's like dude this is what they do they cruise in this bay 
this is where you should go. I'm not kidding you. The second dive, mm-hmm. a nice yellow came up. It's like, oh, biscuits. Like, that's a yellow. Mm-hmm. I, I never shot a yellow. So, like, yeah. and I'd never really seen them like that mm-hmm. close. Mm-hmm. And I was like, squeeze. You know, <laughs> like, you squeeze and you like jerk a little bit yeah. when the safety's on. Yeah. And it was gone. Oh, man. And so I was like, thinking to myself like i was pretty devastated yeah like golly like coming from a pole spear and you leave the safety on (laughs) yeah (laughs) like so you probably like said it because you left your spear gun with zach yeah and you probably like in giving it to him like put the safety on just to be like let's just keep it safe you know you didn't even think about like what you're gonna when you're gonna take it off the other day i had like the tip protector on my spear gun <laughs> on and thankfully Zach took it off like right before I got in the water but I somehow it was back on my spear gun afterwards because uh. I jumped in on a patty and like I had a yellow tail like same thing kind of like right maybe 10 12 uh, let's say like 12 15 feet away like right at that mark where I'm like I don't know if I can quite shoot this yet uh-huh. and then all I was thinking of like did I leave my tip protector on like right. the whole time like what would i have done if i shot it right. and there is like this piece Thud. of plastic yeah. on there holy cow but you know we do these things for safety and then obviously they come back to haunt us right. later right. that's funny yeah the safety thing like once i was like oh yeah i forgot these things have what should have been my first like I should have just looked over the gun before I, and I did have a bent shaft as well from shooting into the <laughs> reef and which was a definitely not ideal. It had like a, maybe like a two degree bend. So like mm-hmm. the tip was bent a little which, bit, which works if the fish is four feet away. Right. But when it crosses that one little boundary of like 10, eight to 10 feet, then you can really be missing. Right, yeah. It's like having an arrow all of a sudden just go whoop. Right, it's like throwing one of the torpedoes in the pool, you know, to like five feet, it like goes wherever it wants. And so the next day, kind of back to the story here, the next day we cruised to the same spot and I think it was like 9.30 when we got in the water and I was like, this is the same, I'm just going to use the same strategy. Mm -hmm. First dive. I'm just like kind of just warming up a little bit first dive I'm maybe like 15 20 feet and just kind of just messing around and mm-hmm. there was a big sheep head that I did see the day before that I was kind of yeah. like <laughs> looking for as well and this like toad yellow cruises right up to mm-hmm. me I was put my gun up shot it and I was like from the Bahamas that it's so sharky there like back to the sharky you have to cruise right after whatever you're mm-hmm. you're getting or the sharks just will, will take it. You know, yeah. the local tax man doesn't want you eating out of his kitchen for free. Uh-uh. So, no way. Yeah, <laughs> no. So I was like dove straight after it and was pulling on the line pretty aggressively. Yeah. And I could see that the shaft wasn't all the way through the fish. Mm-hmm. So I like pinned it on the bottom. My ears are just burning. Yeah, because I yeah. didn't equalize. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pulling on the fish, and he's pulling against me, and like my ears are on fire. And I get him on the bottom, and I push like as hard as I can, mm-hmm. but it still doesn't go through because obviously I hit the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And so like I'm like, oh, I'm dog. <laughs> Rewind. I don't have a dive knife because I actually put in my bag my like 
carry-on bag at the airport um, almost got arrested no. to go on the trip <laughs> like yeah so i did have a dive knife <laughs> so i couldn't just like knife it and be done with yeah. it and so i like tried grabbing the tail as hard as i could and grabbed then, the tail yeah. and it shook the spear and it was like shaking my arm and gone oh man yeah yeah um. so like that was probably like <laughs> at 10 yeah like thinking to myself why didn't I just yell at Connor? He's 20 yards away from me to come put another spear in this, like yeah. adrenaline, like, I don't You forget know. to breathe when you shoot, especially like your first fish of that species. Right. I feel like you're so excited, like you said, to see it, to get it, you know, whatever. And when I got my first yellowtail too, same thing, like shot it, didn't quite. And that's why, like, I'm saying like, 12 feet Mm -hmm. 15 feet like you can shoot it but you don't know if your spear shaft is going to actually penetrate and go through it and so i hit it and i instantly i was on a kelp patty so i raced down and i'm like kind of doing the same thing i'm like wrestling this fish like shoving this uh spear shaft through it Mm -hmm. and like it's freaking out and all of a sudden there's like blood everywhere. And I'm like, did I breathe at all during that situation? <laughs> like well, however long it took, like, mm-hmm. and I was the only one on the patty at the time, like everybody else was on the boat. And I don't, I, I mean, you kind of black out right. anyways, yeah. you know, you're so excited, but I think definitely like you forget that you're in water. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you like everything just kind of goes by the wayside and you're like, how do I land yeah. this fish? I will do anything to land yeah. this fish. Like, and yeah, when I didn't get that came back up, was like, holy biscuits. Yeah. Got to go back down. There's going to be more yeah. cruising. So reloaded the gun, went back down probably 10 minutes later, mm-hmm. had another one on the line. This was a little one though. Yeah. Had another one on the line and I shot it like kind of through the tail almost mm-hmm. and it just pulled right out. Yeah. Yeah. And so by that time I was like, me and Connor were it, honestly, it was like bottom of the ninth zero zero. Yeah. We had nothing on the boat. Yeah. <laughs> we had our rally caps on. Everybody's on the boat. Yeah. Dude, literally it was like, we had to be home by 12, I think. And I start paddling back to the boat, like, like, dang, like kind of bummed out about not getting one and it's having like the opportunity. Yeah. And as I'm halfway to the boat, this yellow cruises me and I like dive as fast as I can down, pull up the gun and shoot it. Yeah. And I pop up to the surface and i yell yellow on boys <laughs> and they did not believe yeah. me like they thought i was just like <laughs> like no way and this thing like i had kind of belly shot it uh-huh so it had the spear through it and it surfaced right next to like buzzed the boat and no the way. boys just went <laughs> off like oh there's a yellow one like and dude i'm like i yeah it's like it's on yeah and i'm and Zach's like, Connor, get in right now. It's not a good, like, it wasn't the best placement of the shot. Like, yeah. he was cruising by. It was kind of the last-ditch effort. Yeah. Um, And he jumps in and goes down and, and, and gets another shot on it. And mm-hmm. we pull it up. And, like, yeah, it, <laughs> dude, it, for a first yellow, that story will, like, forever be ingrained, like, halfway to the boat, bummed out. Yeah. Like, game's over Mm -hmm. and just yeah 
it's it's so funny because like the I know that we've gone through a lot of backstory, but there's a big part of me that wants to share these like stories of like people's first fish. Mm-hmm. But any fishing story and any hunting story often have this like victory loss mentality, you right. know, and I think that that's like where we a lot of us have been athletes mm-hmm. that now like have this game that we're playing with fish and with ducks and deer and all this stuff. And, um, but there's also something so special about that first fish or like that, um, experience that you've never had before that it's, it reminds me of like championship games or like, it reminds me of those things that like, maybe if I shot a bunch of yellowtail, like it just wouldn't matter, right? you know? But to me, like, it's still so special, mm-hmm. even seeing them, especially yeah. underwater um, or getting them on the boat. And it's just euphoria right. all of a sudden. And to, to, to some degree, going into, like, a sports mentality, like, that's, like, the Hail Mary story, right? right? It's like right. you're running down with eight seconds left, yeah. just not expecting anything and not in a way like you catch the ball in some like amazing way uh, you know and it's like well we well, won yeah like, this <laughs> yeah <is it." laughs> yeah like when i came up and said yellow on boys they like yeah. looked at me like huh yeah everybody <laughs> like it's like when uh the colts like the guy caught the ball on the other guy's helmet oh yeah you know? like yeah. and you're just like how does that happen? right like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah that I'll never forget it. Like, even after, I think the big thing that I really enjoy is like the fellowship of cooking it together. And Mm -hmm. like um, that night, we made some sashimi and different poke, and Mm -hmm. Connor cruised over, and we just kind of chatted about the weekend and had a few beers. And Mm -hmm. like, I love the the field to fork or seafloor to fork like camaraderie yeah. and stuff yeah. with uh with good dudes and like I think that's another thing that keeps me going after fish and, and hunting and stuff like mm-hmm. that is you know where it comes from as well. Yeah. Like Yeah. I the connections of all of it to me, um there's there's so many different facets. Obviously like diving is very physical. Right. And a part of that physicality is also having like dive friends around you to dive safely in mm. case something goes wrong. There's the camaraderie, like you said, of with Zach's boat. Like if one person gets a prized fish mm. on the boat, like the whole boat is going, is going crazy, yeah. you know? And, and it's not like because you're good or bad or this or that, but it's just like the goal. Right. It's like you're going after the goal together. Mm. And I don't, feel like there's many opportunities to do that in life anymore it's like yeah if you just mountain bike or you play golf like those are cool but like there's not a lot of camaraderie right there is maybe community Mm -hmm. in golf you know because you're hanging out with your friends but you don't go through like the emotions the same and something about fishing especially is like extreme lows you know my joke is always like 
people who don't fish always like if you break up with somebody they're like oh don't worry about it like yeah. there's plenty of fish in the sea right and i'm like clearly that person has never fished because never. you'll be out in the middle of the ocean with tuna all around <laughs> right. you know this story of the summer being like the biomass of tuna is unbelievable yep. and you'll be out there looking and be like it's dead right. everything's a desert and then all of a sudden that switch can be flipped so fast mm. to being like you're feasting on right. what is happening whether that's like dorado or uh-huh. you know you know boiling or like yellowtail or swimming by or even like you guys are catching Benito, just like right. welcome aboard type mentality. Right. Like cast yeah. out, just get it cast on the boat, yeah. cast out again. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. The Benito that we were catching, like, <laughs> dude, the, those things put up a good fight. And oh, we were I so know. fun. Like, as we were cruising from spot to spot, and we'd see them boiling, and we'd throw lures out and stuff. And that was, yeah, like, it, I think we like feast or famine, mm-hmm. you know, like, you could be trolling for hours. Yeah and not get a hit and then the second it hits you're mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're in, you're in the feast yeah you know? and everybody's like it does it takes like an army to get things done especially yeah. like prime example was us the other day when with the gaff and yeah going to help mckenna like yeah. like every to get things done hunting and fishing you have to have like a good army and good camaraderie with the people mm-hmm. you're around otherwise things just usually don't get done yeah. the way you think they're going to get yeah. done, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I always, or I feel like what I appreciate a lot is all the help that's been given me, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, it's something like very special too, where people will go like way out of their way to help you right. get something done. And especially like if they've gotten like a prize deer, they'll give up a prize deer to help you get it, you know, or something. And you're like, why are you doing this? You Mm -hmm. know? And it's at some point, I think people just want you to experience this special life experience too. And then it's, it becomes a memory for the both of you versus just them of like, the mentality of like just watch me do it or something and I'll give you like a piece. Right. Like doesn't feel the same as yep. like you doing I wanna say like the closing work. You yep. know, it's like I helped you set this up, I helped get you through it, but you were the one who dove on that spot. Like Zach right. telling you like dive this way, right. like go into that spot, like all of a sudden you're doing it and you find, you know, success, which obviously like sometimes shooting a big yellow tail, like that fish is also going to stick with you yeah, just forever. as much as, uh, the one that you actually got, even right. though, because like that was the first one you even pulled the trigger on. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, I think like, yeah, sharing and like learning from people, I think they like to like get the younger generations. I'm sure you have like mentors or people who you look up to Mm -hmm. where they're like, Hey, try this or do this. Or like you call them and say, you know, 
what do you think I should do here? Or like that sort of stuff. And and I even come to you guys and ask, Hey, Mm -hmm. what, what, you know, what size of shaft do you think I should put on this? Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, what do you think about this lure on this or what have you? Like, I think people really enjoy like giving knowledge about something that they're super passionate about. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of feel like when people aren't passionate about what they're doing they don't really like express that knowledge if that makes mm-hmm. if that makes sense um like i don't know uh, it's just something to think about like people who are super passionate about something are always trying to help people mm-hmm. become passionate about what they're passionate about so they don't just have to keep telling the same stories over and over yeah again, you know <laughs> like <laughs> so true well cody i think in all fairness I am deeming you the Catalina cowboy, you know, (laughs) I appreciate that. I feel like there's this funny side of you being in that like Midwest Iowa boy coming to California to all of a sudden, like just have like a heart of adventure and having that like friendliness Uh is like, what's the cowboy, you know, like (laughs) you have gone roping and done a lot of like coursework too, which is cool. Um, you're living this life of, of adventure and then Catalina is like you're West, you know, right. it's like you've made it. You feel like you're at home. On right. Catalina. <laughs> Feels free to like freedom out there. Rugged, totally. untamed. Sounds like a, a good shirt or a good hat. Coming I, know, on the horizon. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um, what's next for like your goal of being here for the next couple months? Like, do you have anything in mind? Yeah, I think uh, I would love to get on some tuna with the guys and mm-hmm. like even we were out the other day and we had that quick little hookup and everybody's heart rate went to, you know, 150, <laughs> yeah. 160, the snap of a finger. <laughs> yeah. Like those moments are in like just being with the guys and I would love to land a, a, a tuna, um, a lot more yellow and I don't think there's like too many hard number goals mm-hmm. more like feeling goals and yeah and uh yeah just being around good dudes and, yeah. and good people and definitely getting you out fly fishing that's, yeah dude. that's uh, my number I, one I, I goal the ride. yeah <laughs> dude I, I i was in big bear last weekend and like i was like jesus this is literally only like two hours mm-hmm. away from I don't know if there's any fish up there. Like there's can, a little bit. It's yeah. it's not like the the prize trip, you know, right. what the Eastern Sierras can provide. But still it's something. It's yeah. like enough to get you it's enough to like get you interested in it. Right. You know? I was about to call you and say, Hey dude, I have my fly rod. Yeah. How do you can you can you help me set this up over FaceTime? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there's no hard goals. Just uh yeah, probably more like feeling goals, being around good dudes and having mm-hmm. a good time. So yeah, well, we're so excited that you're here, and I'm secretly hoping that you will just extend your time here, <laughs> except for goose and duck right. season. But <laughs> we have to, we have to be back in Iowa mid yeah. <laughs> uh, mid to late October through exactly. December, so we can get on the birds again. Exactly. So Cody, it's a pleasure talking with you, and I'm just so stoked for all the adventures that you've been on and all the adventures that I know will be going on in the future. So for sure, dude, thanks for having me and cheers to more adventures. Sounds good. Bye.